Hello and welcome to the Rambling Runner podcast. I'm your host, Matt Chittam, and this is the podcast for all the dedicated amateur runners out there who are working hard to get better while balancing running with the rest of their lives. And today we have a special coaches mini-sode for you. This is for those athletes who may be running Chicago tomorrow or any other marathon, not just this weekend or this year, but any year. Because some of this advice I think is evergreen and that's why I wanted to bring it to you. Before we get into it, I just want to say thank you to our new sponsor, Janji. I love this clothing company. Not only do they have unbelievable attire, but they are doing great things in the world. And it's just a it's just a great partnership that I'm so proud to be a part of. I've been wearing Janji gear for a long time. In fact, my first ultra marathon um, about nine months ago, I wore Janji pants. They weren't sponsoring me. They're just the best pants I had. And now I'm so excited, especially their shorts. My goodness, they are unbelievable. Also, they have a five-year guarantee. So if you go to Janji.com, that's J-A-N-J-I.com and use code rambling, you're going to save 15% and you can return them because they have a five-year guarantee. What could go wrong? So go check them out today. Now, we're talking today about running your best marathon, not just your best marathon, but there's this feeling out there where like, hey, if everything goes right, if I have that dream day, that magical day, what could I run in the marathon? And that is just an alluring concept. And why wouldn't we want to think about that? We've all had those wonderful runs, right? Where we felt effortless, the miles just ticked by, that we look down like, I can't believe I'm running this fast. This is amazing. So it's hard not to extrapolate that out and think, all right, what if this happened on marathon day? What could what could happen? Right. And we also we also know that with the taper, we know that how we feel on the race day isn't necessarily going to be how we feel on training. So again, it feeds into this feeling of like, what if, what if, what if? And when you throw that magic in there combined with some well-founded optimism, it's hard not to go down that path. With that said, I think in the marathon, in terms of having not just that that awesome feeling that I just described that we also we often have on those easy runs where we kind of like fade up into easy plus pace or even moderate effort without feeling like a moderate effort. Um, when it comes to running your best marathon, that's not really the ingredients. That's not that's not the encapsulation of what's happening, because when you have your best marathon day or to put it more metrically, your best marathon time, especially your best marathon time in relation to your fitness, right? So that's really what we're talking about here, right? Your best marathon time might be, say, I'm just going to throw out random numbers here. These might not apply to you. So your best marathon time ever is 320. But maybe your best marathon ever was the time you ran 335 because you were kind of in 335 pace and you executed it. Where maybe you ran 320 one time, but you were really kind of in like 310 pace, but you just you kind of fell off. So Again, this is kind of your best marathon time in relation to your marathon fitness. And when it comes to that, and that's really what we're all trying to capture on race day, it isn't really about, hey, how fast should I run if I had that magical, that magical day, right? So maybe I'm in nine minute pace is my marathon pace. Again, I'm just going to you know, just throw out random numbers here. Say marathon pace for you is roughly nine minutes on flat ground, Okay. And you're thinking, well, you know, if I have that magical day, maybe I can run 850. Maybe I can run 847, right? And there is an understandable attraction to that math game of like a second here, a second there. You're playing with your marathon calculator. But it loses sight of what actually brings down marathon time. What are the actual reasons that take that person who maybe thought they were going to finish at 355 and they said they finish at 410? 
right? And it's not because, oh, I should have run faster in the first 13, 14, 15 miles. That is almost never the reason, unless someone is really not confident in their abilities or some other factor, right? It, it, it is very rare for someone to fall into that bucket, exceedingly rare. The more the, the thing that most often stops people from running their best times is what happens over the final six to eight miles. Okay. That last 10K or so is usually what causes people to not run their best. Oftentimes, again, the vast majority of amateur runners are not going to negative split. Okay. And while that may be the best way for sub elite and elite runners and people who are kind of in that genre to run their fastest marathon, then that's, that's true that we've seen this time and time again with pro and, and, and elite runners and sub-elite runners. For amateur runners, this can be really tough because in order to do that, you really have to have accrued a ton of miles um, from a training perspective and usually run a, a pretty good amount of marathons because the stimulus of a marathon is something that can't really be encapsulated or mimicked in training. So for someone who's run like under five marathons and typically runs 35 to 45 miles a week, which is great, it's really hard to negative split a marathon. Okay, so you're probably going to positive split a little bit. There's nothing wrong with that. But you really want to make sure that you're not positive splitting like crazy. And the key to this is threefold. First of all, making sure that you're trained enough for the marathon. Okay, so that, that's a different episode, right? This is more about race executions. We're going to put that one aside for now. The other two are pacing and nutrition, okay? So again, the nutrition side is making sure you're getting at least 200 to 300 calories per hour. This can be a combination of gels and liquid nutrition and things of that nature, okay? From a pacing perspective, there is this feeling of like, all right, I just go a little bit faster here, a little bit faster there, shave a couple seconds, right? So say, let's, let's go down a little, little math rabbit hole here. Say for... 12 miles, you take five seconds off your pace for the first 12 miles of the race. Okay. Think, okay. Like instead of running nine minute pace, I'm going to run 8.55, right? That's going to make, that's going to maximize my time. It's going to give me that special day, especially if I'm feeling good. I'm going to take those five seconds off, right? Over those 12 miles, you would have saved two minutes. Hey, that's great. Right. Especially if you're really close to a goal time, or maybe there's a thing that you want to qualify for. Those two minutes can be very, very valuable. Okay. With that said, and this is the thing if you go on to Strava and you look at a lot of your friends' marathons, or even they don't be friends of yours, just people that you know or people that you, you know, have a chance to, to view races um, in the Strava setting, you'll notice so often that people's t marathon times aren't necessarily related to how fast they ran the first 18 miles. It's usually about how much or how little they faded at the end. And I can't tell you as someone who does this for a living from a podcasting perspective and as a coach and someone who just likes to follow people on Strava, I love numbers and I love to follow people. How often, again, I'm just going to throw out random numbers here, an eight minute pace can become in the last 10K, all of a sudden it goes to 825 pace. And then the next mile is 8.35 pace. And then it's 9.10 pace. And then it's 9.15 pace. And then it's 10 minute pace. And not only do you hemorrhage the two minutes you just saved, but usually throw two, four, six more minutes on top of it. And this is the key. I hope you have a magical marathon day and I hope it goes well for you. However, there's no such thing as an outlier marathon that exceeds your training. Okay. 
you are not going to run faster than you've run in the past in terms of like what you've been able to do in training, okay? Because that's just not how the marathon works. It's just also not how your physiology works. Yeah, you can maximize your physiology. You can get it to the utmost. You can have that 100 out of 100 day, right? You were prepared for this is the best case scenario. Maybe you don't even know what that is necessarily, but maybe you reach your full potential on that day. That is amazing. That is not a fluke. That's not magic. That is just what you were capable of. Okay. And that is a fact. Now, with that said, there's no such thing as exceeding that level. Okay. There is no magical day. There's no, especially no planning for that magical day. Okay. So plan for, you know, roughly, I would, I would say that don't plan for your, your best day. Know what your best day could entail, but maybe plan for a little bit below that because you don't know, first of all, what hurdles may, may come. You don't know what negative things may arise. Also, and here's the thing, you want to give yourself a little bit of wiggle room because it's so hard to even split or negative split a marathon that you want to give yourself a little bit of wiggle room so that when things do get challenging, and they will, and when you feel uncomfortable, and you will, that you have a little more gas in the tank and you don't want to look back at your marathon and be like, oh my God, I pushed it. I was, I was trying to thread the needle. I was giving myself no margin for error. And then at mile 21, it all started to unravel. And that's going to happen to everybody. And that doesn't mean you should be filled with like, you know, years of regret or anything like that. But from a planning perspective, plan for a good day. Don't plan for the perfect day. Plan for a good day. And if you are having that perfect day, that doesn't mean that all of a sudden at mile eight, let's turn it up. It means that later in the race, you're going to be potentially running the same pace you were running in the beginning. And maybe, maybe. You could even speed up near the end, potentially. That would make it the magical day, okay? Now, this isn't, I've heard some people say, like, all right, in a marathon, the first 18 miles are a warm-up for the final eight. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far. But that, you know, that, that, that saying does scratch at some truth, okay? So, again, your magical day isn't about what's happening in the first two hours or so. It's about what's happening in the last hour and, and making sure that you're setting yourself up for success in that last hour from a pacing perspective and from a nutrition perspective. And hopefully in the training, you've also allowed or set yourself up for success from a strength perspective. Again, we're talking about training on different days. We certainly do. That's not about this marathon. So again, I'm not sure that's not about this mini episode. Again, I will just say this. Anything that you do on race day is because you were capable of doing it. You didn't do it because of magic. You didn't do it because, you know, the stars were aligned. Okay. Everything that you do physically is because you were capable of doing it. Okay. Make sure you plan for a good day, not for the best day, so that you give yourself some wiggle room and you're not trying to, you know, to mix my metaphors here, thread a needle so tight that it's easy to miss. And if you miss, you're going to hemorrhage time late in the race. And finally, that great day, that quote unquote magical day, isn't what happens in the first two hours. All right. For, for an amateur runner, right? If you, if you run a two hour marathon, you're not listening to this episode. Okay. But if you're an amateur runner, it's not what happens in the first two hours. Okay. I hope those are great two hours that you enjoy your experience, that you have fun, you have a smile on your face, you're enjoying the, the experience. It's what happens in the last 45 minutes to the last hour or so and setting yourself up for success then. Because if you do, then you're going to have that time that maximizes your physical, mental, and emotional capacity. So 
everybody. I hope you have a great race, whether it's the 2023 Chicago Marathon, which is going to start in roughly 24 hours, or a race five years from now. And you're hearing this much later. I think this is evergreen advice that I love to give to my athletes. And I think that you could probably benefit from it as well. I know that when I'm when I'm down and I'm thinking about a race and I'm nervous and I'm not sure that these are the things that ultimately can help calm me down and that my coaches often say to me. So with that said, I hope you like this little mini episode, this little mini coaching episode. If you did like it, or no matter what your feelings are, please share with me because I always want to know what you're enjoying from a content perspective. You can always reach me on Instagram. That's usually the best place at rambling underscore runner. Let me know what you think. And if you did like it, please share it with a friend. I really appreciate that. Also, as always, go check out our sponsors. In this case, it's John G. Unbelievable running attire. They're also making a difference in the world. That's not corporate speak. It is true. They're giving back, I think, 2% of all of their revenue to, um, I think it's a water cause. And it's absolutely fantastic stuff. In addition to that, it's also the best running gear. And I know that because I was wearing it at an ultra race while I was sponsored by a different company. I was wearing John G at a race because I loved it. It was great. And I ran nine hours in the 50K in the mud and the pants were absolutely ideal for those conditions. And if they're good for those conditions and they weren't waterproof pants, they're going to be good for any any conditions. So that's johng.com, code, code rambling to save 15% on your order today. Thank you so much for listening and happy running.